Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kowan Saluja. On today's episode, we start our readings from ACA's Strengthening My Recovery. The topic is personal power. We move out of the victim role and claim our personal power by taking this path. We let parasites into our lives, trusting those we shouldn't have. We ended up a victim over and over again. We were exhausted of our vital resources, financially and emotionally, and had no idea why. Spiritually, we were bankrupt. Our heads throbbed as we raged at those who couldn't hear us or who swore they wouldn't do it again. In ACA, we got off of the treadmill we hadn't noticed we were on. With the help of our sponsor or fellow traveler, we did our fourth step and saw that our lives were insane, that we had swallowed poison and not known it. We now felt heard for the first time. We became ready to go to any lengths to protect and nurture our inner children. Leaving no stone unturned, we rooted out the problem. We couldn't remember all that happened to us because we had to forget so we could survive. But recovery becomes a safe place for the memories to begin resurfacing. We stop going to the inner drugstore for a dose of fear. We release the trauma in our bodies and walk away, different people, confident and alive. On this day, I will choose to go the distance and deal in a healthy way with whatever comes up for me emotionally and physically. If I can't do this alone, I will get appropriate help. Yeah, I think this is uh, dealing with in a healthy way with whatever comes up emotionally and physically. I think a big part, a big principle of ACA is the feeling your feelings. And, uh, you know, I think one of the ways of dealing things healthily is to ask for help from appropriate people. And, you know, people and it, it may be authority figures and it may not. Um, sometimes you need and one of the tools, I think, is to learn how to feel your feelings. And I think. Recently, I started, I took a course on nonviolent communication and, you know, it really is a great, uh, potentially a very promising, I would say, I don't know, technology is the right word, but a framework to um, feel your feelings. And, you know, this is a much healthier way rather than to bury it and pretend it doesn't exist and then for it to manifest, you know, elsewhere. Um, you know, so if I can't do this alone, I will get appropriate help. I think sometimes I, I realize that ACA recovery and recovery in general comes first. Now, it does not mean it has to dominate life. I think there's a lot of all or nothing thinking with, uh, you know, children, with the adult children. You know, I think it's one of the symptoms. But I do believe that, uh, you know, when there is pain, that that is a sign. You know, with feelings can be a touchstone for progress, but suppressed um they might, you know, suppressed feelings might lead to regret, I guess. So, yeah. On to the next reading, which is freedom. We seek the power we need to live in the freedom each day. As we listen to story after story of neglect in meetings, we may get angry for those around us. Then if we listen closely, we hear the voice inside that says, what about me? We start to pay attention and create space with our words and actions to let that voice finally say what it needs to. What was denied for so long? This process extends into our step work and then into our very lives at work and in play. Perhaps for the first time, we begin to feel free. We start to play and learn what that means for us. We learn to slow down because being overscheduled is acting out against our true selves. So, you know, repeating that first part, perhaps for the first time we begin to feel free, we start to play and learn what that means for us. We learn to slow down because being overscheduled is acting out against their true selves. So, like, you know, I think there's this tendency to do more and more and more and more. 
And what I'm realizing is do less, you know, ideally it would be divinely inspired, but at the very least check in your body and see if you want it, want, you know, actually want to do this. And if this is in line with your true self, um, wow. We see, we see that when we have too much to do, it's harder to get in touch with how we feel. This is no longer okay. We take the actions we need for our inner child the same way we would for another child placed in our care. In this way, we cultivate an inner loving parent and for yourselves. I mean, I think this is a big reason why I continue to do this podcast is to remind myself that to continue to cultivate the inner living parent. And just because it may or may not have happened yet, it can happen. And I think um, this is a very important part of the program that I uh, you know, kind of want to remind myself of. We're no longer waiting for our tormentors to wake up and stop abusing us. The conversation is over. We know how to nurture ourselves. On this day, I will do something playful and fun. I will feel the freedom that my inner child deserves to experience. The next reading is also from ACA Strengthening My Recovery. The topic is intimacy. What many adult children have described as love or intimacy before reaching ACA was actually codependence or rigid control. Before we came to program, we thought intimacy was that secret word that pertained to sex and making love. We thought it was about taking care of the other person, doing for the other person and losing ourselves in the other person because we love them so much. Wow, this is very true. And, and uh, you know, when this, the second step is a power greater than ourselves restored us to clarity is Tony A's. And, you know, and or sanity, I think, is in the you know ACA steps. And I think what I'm seeing here is that behavior was insane, you know, um, and maybe insane is too strong of a word, but there's never a, a reason to lose yourself. Back to the passage. Sure, we all want to be close to our partners, but before recovery, many of us lay in the same bed with them and felt a million miles away, starving for affection. We settle for crumbs, you know, and this isn't just in relationships. It can be in a lot of things. I think why the steps are so big is like, you know, you start to have you start to raise the ceiling, raise the deserve bar as something I'd, I'd heard in a meeting recently. Starving for affection. We settled for crumbs and we didn't even realize it. We did everything to convince ourselves we were that happy family portrait on the wall. Today in recovery, intimacy has developed into what it was meant to be. We have honest conversations with our partners and close friends and are not afraid to express opinions. Today in recovery, intimacy has developed into what it was meant to be. We have honest conversations with our partners and close friends and are not afraid to express opinions. We surround ourselves with people who care about us, people we don't fear. We have healthy conversations about money and other important issues, and we don't coerce or manipulate people through shame and guilt. We fill our cup with the freedom of choice. We have healthy partnerships and understand what real intimacy is about. We feel joy. On this day, I will trust myself enough to be open to true intimacy in my relationships. The next reading comes from The Language of Letting Go, Melody Beatty, Living with Families. I was 46 year old, years old before I finally admitted to myself and someone else that my grandfather always managed to make me feel guilty, angry, and controlled. This is anonymous. You know, and, and one thing I've learned in recovery is I thought that this was such a unique thing that can't happen to anybody, and it can happen and does to many people. Um, denial is very powerful strategy and may work. Um, 
until it doesn't. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about Alice Miller when she said it's not the trauma that happens to us, it's our inability to release it. And that is more of my focus now is not necessarily to focus on, you know, thinking I am trauma, but I am in the process of releasing it. Um, and that can't be by reading one book and accumulating knowledge in my case. Back to the passage. We may love and care about our family very much. Family members may love and care about us, but interacting with some members may be a real trigger to our codependency, sometimes to a deep abyss of shame, rage, anger, guilt, and helplessness. It can be difficult to achieve detachment on or an emotional level with certain family members. It can be difficult to separate their issues from ours. It can be difficult to own our power. Difficult, but not impossible. The first step is awareness and acceptance. Simple acknowledgement without guilt of our feelings and thoughts. We do not have to blame our family members. We do not have to blame or shame ourselves. Acceptance is the goal. Acceptance and freedom to choose what we want and need to do to take care of ourselves with that person. We can become free of the patterns of the past. We are recovering. Progress is the goal. Today, higher power, help me be patient with myself as I learn to how to apply recovery behaviors with family members. Help me strive today for awareness and acceptance. The next reading also comes from Melody Beatty's The Language to Let, of Letting Go, and the topic is taking care of ourselves. We cannot simultaneously set a boundary and take care of another person's feelings. It's impossible. The two acts contradict. Wow, this is again up the alley of what I was reading, learning in a nonviolent communication seminar, which was, um, you know, like a threat or a demand is when you want force someone else to change their behavior. A boundary setting, setting a healthy boundary is kind of just taking care of your side of the court. Back to the passage. What a tremendous asset to have compassion for others. How difficult that same quality can make it to set boundaries. It's good to take care about people and their feelings. It's essential to care about ourselves too. Sometimes to take good care of ourselves, we need to make a choice. Some of us leave with a deeply ingrained message from our family or from church about never hurting other people's feelings. Yeah, uh, I think my mom said sometimes I was afraid to hurt other people's feelings and it was very nice. She's so sweet. Well, we can replace that message with a new one, one that says it's not okay to hurt ourselves. Sometimes when we take care of ourselves, Others will react with hurt feelings. That's okay. We will learn, grow, and benefit by the experience. They will too. The most powerful and positive impact we can have on other people is accomplished by taking responsibility for ourselves and allowing others to be responsible for themselves. Caring works. Caretaking doesn't. And what I get from that is you can care, but you, you're not, I'm not responsible for fixing other people's problems. It's hard enough to change myself, as the saying goes, than to change others. So we can learn to walk the line between the two. Beautiful. Today, I will set the limits I need to set. I will let go of my need to take care of other people's feelings and instead take care of my own. I will give myself permission to take care of myself, knowing it's the best thing I can do for others and myself. And the final reading is surrender. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Surrendering to a, step three of Al-Anon. Surrendering to a power greater than ourselves is how we become empowered. 
I'm going to read that two more times. That's so good. Surrendering to a power greater than ourselves is how we become empowered. As promised, surrendering to a power greater than ourselves is how we become empowered. We become empowered in a new, better, more effective way than we believe possible. Doors open, windows open, possibilities occur. Our energy becomes channeled at last in areas and ways that work for us. We become in tune with the plan for our life and our place in the universe. And there is a plan in place for us. We shall see that. We shall know that. The universe will open up and make a special place for us with all that we need provided. It will be good. Understand that it is good now. Learning to own our power will come if we are open to, to it. We do not need to stop at powerlessness and helplessness. That is a temporary place where we reevaluate where we have been trying to have power when we have none. Once we surrender, it's time to become empowered. Let the power come naturally. It is there. It is ours. Today, I will be open to understanding what it means to own my power. I will accept powerlessness where I have no power. I will also accept the power that is mine to receive. So, so much here, I think the surrendering to a power greater than ourselves is how we become powerful beyond regard. And then I like in this reading, and there is a plan and place for us. And in that, both plan and place are caps. And, you know, the, lo- the more I do the podcast, the more I um, follow the principles of the program, the more I realize that I can see that path of aligning my intention with God's will. And that is just a much greater and richer, not even in financial terms, life than I could imagine. And, you know, like it says, doors open, windows open, possibilities occur. Um, But I think when you have any kind of, you know, 12-step issues, it can really cut off from the sunlight of the spirit. And once I truly surrender to a higher power and a God, the power comes you know, and, uh, and that kind of helps address the cure of being powerless. Uh, so that's all. That is the final reading for today. Uh, thanks for joining us until next time. This is Kuan Saluger reminding myself to feel my feelings many times a day, to love myself throughout the day and to pause because that is where God is.